Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high-achieving and ambitious mid-level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook, Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn, and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How's it going this week? How are you doing? You know, I say that every week, but I really mean it. I love the idea that I get to choose what kind of a week I have, how I experience my days, and I, what I make of the things that happen. I think that that's just so important. So I would say to you to decide that you're going to have a fantastic day, a fantastic week. That does not mean that crap won't happen <laughs> the other half of life but when you know that that other half of life that the, the not so great things are going to come they are inevitable and nothing has gone wrong it sure does make those experiences more palatable when you're not fighting and pressing against them all right i've waxed on philosophical enough for you today <laughs> so this the information for this week's podcast, which is Nine Leadership Styles and Their Strengths, comes from an online article by businessnewsdaily.com. And I know that a few weeks ago I had a guest on and we talked about the four leadership styles that they had identified. So this is taking it, you know, there's nine in this this article, and they're just different viewpoints. I don't think they're radically different, but I wanted to kind of come at it from a little bit of a different angle. So step one in this process is to identify your own leadership style. So each of these styles have their strengths, although some of them are kind of seen as more desirable than others. But it really is important to understand and harness your own leadership style and particularly the strengths of that leadership style so that you can communicate effectively and and motivate your team. And I think also if we back up a little bit, Knowing your leadership style is so important in getting into the right leadership role that that plays on your strengths, because different organizations in different phases of their life cycle with different, you know, leadership at the very top and different organizational goals require different kinds of leadership. And so hopefully these These last podcasts, the one that I I had with Robert Jordan, and then this one will help you to identify and really think about what's the best fit for my leadership skills. So let's go over these nine most common types of leadership. So first we have autocratic leadership. So this is one of the most strict types of leadership. And autocratic leaders tend to have complete control over the decision-making process. So this is not a, you know, a collaborative decision-making process at all. And this leadership style can be effective when decision-making is urgent or workmanship is routine. So we've got this critical situation. We don't have time to get input. We don't have time to get buy-in and collaboration from people. We've got to go 
and when workmanship is routine, meaning the kind of things are business as usual, where we kind of do the same thing day in and day out. So that's autocratic leadership. Bureaucratic leadership is not as strict as autocratic leadership. Bureaucratic leaders tend to strictly enforce regulations and status is in the hierarchy. So it's not as strict as an autocratic leader leadership style, but bureaucratic leaders are still strictly enforcing regulations and statuses and in, in, in the hierarchy. And this leadership style can be effective in healthcare and safety environments. So environments where it's not is important what you think about the rules and the regulations as it is to enforce them for compliance. Because if we don't enforce these regulations, in the case of healthcare, people can die, we can lose our license, we can be shut down. And certainly in safety environments, people can be hurt or, or die. So that's bureaucratic leadership. Charismatic leadership. So charismatic leaders have a real infectious presence that kind of motivates their team to follow their lead. So they're, as the name implies, they're very charismatic. Their likability helps them and their teams achieve success in business. So it really is very personality driven. And this leadership style can be effective in high energy work environments that need a lot of positive morale. So I think about things like a marketing or a PR firm. Sales definitely speaks to charismatic leadership. So that's the charismatic leadership style. Democratic leadership is very different from autocratic and bureaucratic. A democratic leader often is going to encourage and welcome subordinate participation in the decision making. So this leadership style is often very admired. It's one of those more, you know, sort of quote unquote acceptable leadership styles. And it can be effective in creative work environments that don't require quick decisions. So this is, again, we want to stay away from this type of leadership in areas where people can get hurt, people can can die, decisions we have to follow, compliance rules and regulations. But this is someone who's going to be very much collaborative and get buy-in from the, the larger group and the decision-making process. So that's democratic leadership. The next one is laissez-faire leadership. So laissez-faire leaders have a real hands-off approach and they let their employees assume responsibility in the decision-making process. The laissez-faire leader is still going to set employee expectations and monitor performance, but just not be as involved in the decision-making process. So they're almost more of a facilitator and a kind of coordinator. And this leadership style can be effective when working with highly experienced and confident employees. I'm going to let them do their thing. I trust them. I'm going to be working on the bigger picture and the strategy piece and the day-to-day decision-making. I trust this team. And that, again, can be very effective if you have that very experienced team. So that's laissez-faire leadership. And the next one is servant leadership. So servant leaders share the power and the decision-making with their subordinates. And they often direct the organization based on the team's interests. So they're very much, again, getting that collaboration and buy-in. And this leadership style can be effective for humanitarian organizations, nonprofits, and teams that need to 
create diversity, inclusion, and morale. So it's very collaborative, very ego is, for the most part, not present in the servant leader. And they're very much more interested in the common goals. That's servant leadership. So the next one is situational leadership. And situational leaders implement a range of leadership types and modify their style based on the needs of their employees and the environment. So this is a very flexible style. Situational leaders have to have a really much larger toolbox than any of the other styles because of the versatility needed. And because of that versatility, this leadership style is effective in most organizations. So this is someone who can really go with the flow, adapt to the environment, make the necessary changes, and be the kind of leader that the organization needs. And as you can imagine, very difficult to achieve this type of situational leadership. The next one is transactional leadership. A transactional leader is going to use a reward consequence system to motivate employees towards success and discourage them from failure. So this is a type of leadership style that's very effective for teams that are motivated by rewards. So again, this can work well in a sales environment. This can work well in a, you know, a goal-oriented environment. So it's more about, you know, there's this carrot at the end, and I'm really good at dangling that carrot to get you to do what I need you to do. But at the same time, there are consequences if you don't do it. So it's not just good for me if I do it. It's I, I know there are some consequences if I don't do the thing. So that's transactional leadership. And then finally, we have transformational leadership. Like charismatic leaders, transformational leaders use their inspiring energy and personality to create an engaged workplace. So it's really that, again, that charismatic personality. And this style is often more effective than charismatic leadership because it also motivates the team to build confidence and accountability. So confidence and accountability are key in the transformation, transformational leadership style. And this can be very effective in organizations with intellectual team members who thrive in interactive environments. So we've got these intellectual, high, maybe high-educated, well-educated team members, and they really want to interact with each other. They want that relationship from work. So that's a transformational leader. Now, how do we identify our own leadership style? So let's figure this out. And this is really about figuring out which style feels most authentic to you, not sort of which could I do in what situation, but really thinking, what do I lean towards innately? So here are some questions that you can ask yourself. Number one, what do I value more, goals or relationships? Now, it may on the face of it for many of you think, well, I should answer relationships, but it is perfectly okay to be goal oriented. I am, I will share with you that I am a, from the Myers-Briggs perspective, I am a extroverted feeling dominant personality, meaning that I am very empathetic. I kind of wear my heart on the sleeve, that kind of thing. But when there is a goal, or I should say when there was a goal and I was leading people back in higher education, I became very task-oriented and goal-oriented. So I love the relationships, but when there is a goal, I'm going to pick the goal every time and expect you to get on board with me. So again, there's no wrong or right answers here. It's about what is authentic and most innate for you. Question number two, do I believe in structure 
or freedom of choice. So if I prefer, if I get what I prefer, do I want that structure and kind of routine knowing what every day is going to have and, and hold? Or do I want the freedom to sort of choose how I approach my tasks, what tasks I, I handle and that kind of thing? Question three, would I rather make a decision on my own or collectively? Do I feel like if I'm left to my own devices and I can think this thing through without influence of other people, will I make a better decision that way? Or will I make a better decision by getting widespread kind of input and, and suggestions? Question four, do I focus on short or long-term goals? So again, you probably have to do both in the work that you do, but do you prefer more short-term, this is what we're working on this month, that kind of thing, versus here's this five-year project that we're engaged in? And question five, does motivation come from empowerment or direction? So do I believe that I can motivate people more by empowering them to figure things out on their own or by giving them my direction and my wisdom? And the final question, what does a healthy team dynamic look like to me? So think back to teams maybe that you weren't the leader of, but that you were a participant in. And what did that team dynamic look like? And was that healthy for you? Did you believe you were in a healthy team environment at that time? And, and what were the kind of building blocks of that team? So there again, no right or wrong answers to those questions. And, and many, I think it's important to understand that many individuals find their leadership style through trial and error. They get into settings that aren't a good, that's often the, the best teacher, right? You get into an environment that isn't a good fit for your leadership style. So I invite you to experiment with these different approaches to see which one works best for you and your team. And it could be that you lead one person in a way and, and another person in another way. So the more what do I want to call it? Sort of the more tools in your toolkit are going to make you a better leader. The more resources that you have at your availability that you can try on for size and see, you know, when you think about it in terms of who are the people I'm leading and what do they need? What is most natural for me and going to be most easily delivered by me? And where do I want to stretch and grow? Do I want to become a little bit more charismatic in my leadership style? Okay, I'm going to work on that skill set. Do I feel like my team is running over me and I have to be a little bit more maybe autocratic to get the results that I need? So it's really kind of playing with all the variables one at a time to see what works for you. And you can also, and I think it's a really great idea to seek a leadership mentor who can offer you advice on how did they develop their style? What is their style? And they may not use the same terminology that I just used, but you'll get a sense from their description. And you want to also solicit feedback from people that you trust. So people who have seen you in, in leadership roles, who've experienced your leadership. And, and I think the bottom line here is to be authentic. So it's I, I want to make sure that you don't read or hear me saying this as, you know, become someone that you're not, be fake so that it you know, meets the leadership needs of your team. I want you to be authentic. So nothing that you do here as you experiment and try new things should take you out of your own authenticity. 
And you want to try to pick that leadership style that is most natural to you and aligned with your strengths. And that's your sort of core leadership style. While at the same time, you're developing some skills that would lend themselves to these other leadership styles so that should you find yourself in a situation that calls upon one of the other leadership styles, you can navigate it successfully. So let's talk next about why it is important for you to understand your leadership style. First of all, we have self-awareness, and that's such a, a, a foundational element of a good leader. When you understand what your leadership style is, what works best for you and your team, it's going to be easier for you to be an authentic leader, an effective leader. And there's that word authenticity again. So here's a quote from Business News Daily. It is important to know what type of leader you are or are not in order to show up effectively in an organization. Knowing your leadership style also helps you decide which organizations might be a better cultural fit. I think we can look through, in fact, I listened to a couple of podcasts on business, and one of them, I think a recurring theme in there is right leader, wrong company, or right leader, wrong time in the company. And and these are people who were successful prior to this particular leadership role that they're talking about on the podcast, and they have been successful since that particular leadership role. But in that role, it was a massive disaster. And it, you know, the only variable is, is what that company needed at that time, right? So presuming that this person didn't have some sort of a personality change and then go back to the old personality afterwards, they were consistently showing up as their authentic leadership in in their authentic leadership style. So the variable then is the company that they're doing it in and the environment of that company. It's also important that you maintain transparency about what you're focused on as a leader and then help to create alignment around your vision and objectives. So this is a communication, a transparency issue, and there's a decisiveness, right? So while the team may, depending on the style of team that you have and the leadership that you, the type of leader that you are, you may want a lot of buy-in on how do we achieve the vision from your team members. The vision that that overarching sort of theme should come from from you as the leader. And it's also important to create a culture where people understand the strengths that they collectively bring to the team. So I think when you can articulate, you know, what what do you guys as a group, what do you bring to this role? And here's how I'm going to lead you because of that. Then I think that you you face a lot less resistance that way. And Effective leaders are able to set a vision, align people with that perspective, and show them how they can achieve that that goal together. However, you must play to the strengths of your leadership style in order to achieve that goal. And here's a quote. If you can better understand your leadership strengths and harness them, you will continue to grow and succeed. And I think that's absolutely true. So finally, I wanted to give you some daily leadership behaviors that motivate employees, that really get them working on side with you, regardless of your leadership style. So what are these behaviors that you can exhibit that would inspire your employees to be motivated, to succeed? And essentially, you're you're becoming, you are a positive role model for your team. 
I think number one, showing your people that you are constantly working on improving your own skills in, in both leadership, in the industry knowledge, your technical skills, your interpersonal, your intellectual and your intelligence quotient, your emotional quotient. I think that's critical to good leadership. I think that most employees will disassociate or disconnect with a leader who believes that he has arrived and has nothing more to learn or that she is, she's got it all figured out. They can't relate to that and they can't see the humanity in that. And you then become a role model for ongoing growth and development with your team. And they see that you're committed to that. Also, when you set a good example for your employees and show interest in their success, they're more likely to follow your lead and respect your authority. You can also display daily acts of authenticity, compassion and inclusion to inspire employees. So how can you create little wins, little little emotional, if you are a Covey follower, little deposits in their emotional bank accounts on a daily basis so that when you ask them to work that all-nighter or work over the weekend or do that huge thing, that that withdrawal from that emotional bank account isn't so substantial and it doesn't leave you in a deficit situation with that individual. You can build trust in your employees if you exhibit genuine actions and are willing to work alongside your team when necessary. So that's another important piece of it. You know, are you willing to roll up your sleeves and work all night or work over the weekend or do this other big thing that you're asking them to do? Because you will definitely not engender confidence and support if you go off to your (laughs) your yacht on your private island. We should be so lucky. But you give them, you know, an all-nighter or a, you got to work all weekend. But I'm gone. I'm, I'm going skiing this weekend. That's not going to fly. The Leading with Courage Academy that was talked about in this, in this online article that I read has a leadership self-assessment tool that you can find. And I've put that URL in the show notes. So, you know, that's something for you to think about taking to get a little bit better sense of, of your leadership strengths. I hope this has given you some food for thought on what kind of leader am I and have those leadership roles been a good match for the for the for the roles that I've been in? Have I been well suited? And I think equally instructive is when wasn't I well suited in a leadership role and what was the disconnect there? How could I have shown up as a better version of myself authentically? and maybe gotten better results than I did get. I hope you have enjoyed this conversation on leadership styles and take care. I'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.